From Immersive Labs, this is Cyberhumanity. Hello again, all. I'm your host. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. (laughs) I'm Chris Payne. Cyberhumanity is the podcast taking cybersecurity personally, trying to get inside the heads of hackers, as well as putting our feet in the shoes of defenders. These podcasts essentially come in two flavours, either us ranting about themes close to the hearts of security types, or us chatting about threat and security stuff from recent weeks. I'm joined by my three cyber amigos, Max Vetter, Kev Breen, and Paul Bentham. Hello Hello again. We're going to start with ransomware. We got a bit bored of ransomware. I felt that we got a bit bored of ransomware for a little while. But it's quite a tasty ransomware week this week. Last week we had the Conti thing, like basically uh, ransomware gang that is usually responsible for leaking data from companies had its own insider threat <laughs> and then leaked their own data and i don't know why this person was disgruntled but it's clear that they were disgruntled otherwise they, they wouldn't they have needed some cybersecurity they need some kind of yeah, <laughs> some security threat, tooling to detect the fact that they had a a rogue insider but kev did this guy or girl tell us anything um tell us anything useful about how conti do what they do or was it a bit of a nothing there's some really really oh, okay. interesting stuff in there um so uh you're being sarcastic. No, I'm no. Gen- genuinely, there's some really interesting stuff. So Conti Ransomware Group run the Ransomware as a Service affiliate model. So, uh, except they don't call them affiliates, they call them pen testers. To I have no idea. Like, apparently somehow that's going to legitimize the entire uh, industry. <laughs> um, so when their pen testers join, or their affiliates join the group, they get given a software and manuals bundle. And this contains some of the tools, uh, some of the techniques, uh, some of the principles, some of the methodologies, uh, and it's all written in Russian. uh, And that's what appeared uh, online. Uh, And it appeared on, I think it was on XSS forums. uh, And then from there, uh, it obviously started to spread around. uh, And this package was released. And um, there's a lot of Russian text files. And when you start to, I was also going to say, decrypt the Russian or translate (laughs) Uh, once you translate the Russian to English, uh, you get what is effectively a step-by-step guide on how to use Cobalt Strike to compromise uh, a target environment. So this is basically, tr- this is like a training course. Cobalt this Strike like- Instruction Manual. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, but it's it's not quite that. So it's uh, when you think of like a training manual, I think there's some kind of structure to it. Mm. What this is more like is... Uh, somebody has compromised an organization and they've taken live captures of all the stuff they've done, like copied the output mm-hmm. of all of the uh, the tools they're using. They've put them in a text file and they've put like two sentences at the top that explain what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, but it is almost purely how to use Cobalt Strike uh, to do that. Uh, lateral movement, privilege escalation, uh, accessing Active Directory, dumping credentials, moving across, like executing other tools. So from a signatureable perspective, like the way they structure their command lines, the way they name their files, the, the flow of execution is all in there. So there's a, a wealth of information that we as defenders can take that and create rules on. So uh, yeah, like really interesting stuff. And and this all ended up coming out because and I, I've said this dis, they're disgruntled, but I think we had a bit more information about why that was. And unsurprisingly, it was to do with payment. So that so they felt that they had done something pretty like leet or like a thing that would be <laughs> worth paying big money for. Um, and the ransomware group disagreed, and they only got like 
fifteen hundred bucks. And so because they only got fifteen hundred bucks, they were like, "Fine, I'm going to share all this information." <laughs> oh, so so criminals are having a barney with other criminals. It's never who never happened knew, before. Who yeah. knew that yeah. honor yeah. among thieves was not uh, was not a thing? The one thing I will say about the uh, example data that's in there is for those organizations who were actually compromised, this is literally the playbook of how they were compromised. <laughs> so you can see every command, like every domain. But do you know who that is? Uh, you can infer who some of that is. So uh, they've got domain names, they've got user accounts, they've got account names, uh, and a simple Google search for a domain name followed by a search of the name of the user uh, on something like Ting. Uh, something like LinkedIn does mm. in fact reveal that this does seem to be real data, uh, not like it's test infrastructure they've set up. Do you think this is going to damage them? Like, are the, is it going to is the play? This is a playbook where everything's quite embedded, and therefore defenders are going to signature it, and it's then it's done. They're, it's all over for them, or can they switch? No, because if I'm being honest, uh, there's nothing in there that we as defenders don't already know. Uh, it's Cobalt Strike. We know how to signature it. We know how to detect it. Uh, they're doing standard Active Directory enumeration using standard tools. We know how that works. We know how to signature for it. Uh, so, no, I don't think it's going to have any effect on Conti's ability to operate in this space. I, I was just reading through this as well. They, they're using um, AnyDesk and um, Altera, which is interesting because um, I don't know if I've told you this recently, but I keep getting scam phone calls. <laughs> oh, this is your new hobby. It's my new hobby, yeah. I've got a new PB, 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not I like that. No, the MO I've found, I, I don't know if this is related to Conti, but there is a link, so I've just taken it and I've gone with it. <laughs> the, um, the MO is that they I get a, a call from a random number that I answer... And then it doesn't, nobody's on the end of it. Silent calls are pretty normal, like robo dialing thing because it's lining up like a hundred calls that it's made and making an operator available to answer one of those calls. That's why you get silent calls. Yeah, so I get a silent call. And then later in the day, I get another call. So, and then this call normally has a person mm -hmm. on the end. And it basically has some sort of robotic thing saying, um, You have had an iPhone 7 charged for 399 from Amazon. If this wasn't you, press one. I'm like, What? An iPhone 7? Is it the, is it the, 2012 <laughs> have I gone back in time what's going on so um so I've done tried it a few times now and and basically I um I answer the call and they're like somebody's bought you an iPhone and said oh my god an iPhone. <laughs> like, okay, for you, blah 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 and uh, what they're trying to do is to get you this um to uh install any desk or um quick connect or Altera on your mobile phone and they go oh, but no. the last one like he, he was on it for ages with me and he's like your I do you know your IP address? I was like, actually, yeah, I do. It's one two seven dot o dot one. He's like, well, it's been compromised. I'm like, oh my god, how is it compromised? Your router's been hacked. My router's been hacked. And I went around. And he's like, you need to. Um, we need to change your IP address. But I'm not at home. How can I be connected to my router when I'm not at home? And we went around this rage nation. Eventually, and this is what I'm really proud of. Um, they wanted me to install any desk. I was like, I can't do it. I haven't got it on my phone. And I, my, I and he was like, um, I. I need to get you to speak to a senior. So I got <laughs> escalated to the senior incident Without handler. Without even asking, you yeah. got escalated. Without even asking. And then uh, the senior speaks to me for about five seconds and then hung up on me. <laughs> but that was 12 minutes. And I've, I think everybody should do this because you're saving somebody that isn't aware, self-aware of this, from getting uh, 
um, encrypted or um, compromised. We used to do this, so at my old company, uh, we had somebody who was dialing and they, were, they must have been dialing in sequence because in the left-hand corner of the sock, the call came in and somebody answered it. It was like, yeah, just hung up. And then the next phone rang. So I moved to the opposite side of the, the office. I set up a virtual machine. I'm like, I'm ready for them. And they came around like it was just sequential. So I answered the phone, played the whole thing, had my VM there ready. And it was like, yep, sure. Uh, so they had me install TeamViewer. Uh, so went through all that. Like I wasn't playing the full, I was just playing the normal person. So I'm just going to go, I want to get this as far as I can. So install TeamViewer uh, and then they open up the windows. They take control, open up Windows Event Viewer and they're like, you see all these red crosses? I'm like, oh, they look bad. Like that's, <laughs> that's all malware. I was like, how did it get there? <laughs> uh, and then he installs... Um, uh, and this was the weird part. I don't know if they didn't think I'd notice, but like literally halfway through a sentence, they hand me over to another operator. And they went from a male voice to a female voice. And then she carried on with the rest of it. Maybe like, they thought you were more likely to do what <laughs> she told you to do. Uh, anyway, so then uh, they install uh, fake antivirus uh, and they get they run the fake antivirus. And then I can see all of the malware and they're like, now you just need to pay us forty nine ninety nine. And that's the point where I was like, oh, it yeah, probably okay, cost then. them more than that to have that conversation with you and do all that stuff. That's yes. Weird. Pay the person. But what they do is like. Oh, that doesn't seem to work. Let's just make a bank uh, transfer. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Could you just... What I'm going to do is I'm going to blank the screen now. And then the, <laughs> sc the screen goes blank. Mm. Um, like they get me to log onto the bank and then they, they, they overlay it because they've got control. So it looks like they can't see, but I can see. It's like, you can still see everything, I know. <laughs> uh, and then they've got it. And where it gets really clever is what they do is they have this terminal window that pops up and it's like... Enter the amount that you want to transfer and please make sure you get it perfectly correct. Like this is on you now. So you type in like 49.99 or whatever it is. And then as you're about to press go, they put nine. They just paste it. <laughs> so you hit enter and like, okay, that's all gone through. Now, if you can log into your bank uh, and check it again and I'll black the screen out. And that for that second, they're blacking the screen. They're literally just going in, right click, edit the HTML of your bank's page, put the extra number in there and close the info tab. So from what? your perspective, it's, it's then like, oh my God, you sent yourself too much money. Like, oh, now send it back. Now you have to send it back. But if you send it back, like I'm going to be in trouble and my bosses and my family and all of this. So this is quite the narrative. It's quite in depth. It really yeah. is. And um, the, there's some really good footage uh, on YouTube where somebody has recorded this entire that. thing end to end. Uh, and what they do is they actually convince you to put it and send it in the post. So you now package all that money up, which you just oh, go and draw God. out. So you send it by UPS. And it gets bigger than that. So it goes to an Airbnb where somebody stood outside waiting for that package to come. They intercept it before it goes into the Airbnb and they drive off with it. So the Airbnb was nothing to do with it. It's just a front they're using. So just, so to go back, just a brief <laughs> context. Context. Yeah. Um, so they obviously are using AnyDesk as a way to uh, like maintain connections to servers and stuff like that. Is that well? Right? No, they. But this is well. The, this is what's great about it. Oh. Because I learned from these scammers when my mum rang me. She said, "Paul, WhatsApp's not working on my phone." So like, great. I <laughs> knew exactly what to do, and I tried. <laughs> and actually, enough respect to these people because if they're scamming people like my mum, they've got the patience. <laughs> <laughs> and what does the, back to Conti again? Sorry, what does the other one do? A t a it's the same. It's the same, same thing. It's just remote oh, control just software. Kind of okay. Yeah. Right. So, but. It's 
it's so it, i mean honestly it's really good software basically you install it, it gives you a number you give that number to your to your mum or the other way around your mum gives it to you you put the number in full remote control of her phone i could do anything i call my sister a smelly turnip <laughs> <laughs> and okay. from my mum it was funny the re- the reason they do this uh, and especially where they use like more commercial products like this and team viewer is because if you use TeamViewer anyway internally, when you see this in your logs, you're not going to think any more of it. Like if you're, if I see compromisedvictim.com appear in logs, I'm pretty sure that's bad. If I see something random, I can correlate that's bad. If I see TeamViewer or Dropbox or any of these tools, it's very difficult as an analyst to identify is that malicious or is that something we use internally. And it's not Lolbins and a SaaS model, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. And the antivirus won't pick it up because it's not technically virus exactly. or malware. Yeah. So, yeah, it's super clever. Also in the world of ransom... Now, usually on the podcast, we're not sort of big on talking about stories that are emerging or that we don't have a lot of information on. It's because we do so much research. Because we... <laughs> basically like to read and regurgitate what other people have already said but interestingly kev pinged me this morning because it it looks like there is the possibility that accenture have been the victims of a ransomware attack but it's not being particularly widely reported as we speak today on the 11th of august um it's not being widely reported so this is either going to make us look great <laughs> or um like we have basically jumped on a bandwagon when we didn't have when we didn't have enough info but it did look to me from the articles that i've read I, admittedly one in uh, spanish one in italian and one in french <laughs> um so thank you google translate but it did look like this was a legit like this was a legit thing those websites do look reasonably legit and there are also screenshots from the ransomware group so what has actually what do we know well hang on my favourite Kevin is tweeting about it, so that makes it more realistic. Oh, <laughs> so maybe we're not jumping on the bandwagon then. Official statement. Through our security controls and protocols, we identified irregular activity in one of our environments. We immediately contained the matter and isolated the affected service. There was no impact on Accenture's operations or on our client's systems. So far. As Apparently far as that's, a, that's yeah. an official that's statement. That's not what the that's not what the the not what the ransomware group. Yeah, so the so. Uh, the official statement from Lockbit. Uh, we've got all your data and we're publishing it if you don't pay. <laughs> uh, I mean, Lockbit go, a step, Lockbit go a step further than that and they're actually fairly insulting towards Accenture, uh, suggesting that their approach to security and privacy is somewhat lacking. Uh, oh, I do not- love this. There's some really salty replies on um, on on the Twitter thread as well. Somebody's said um, they've linked to Accenture's ransomware um, guide recovery, <laughs> and said somebody needs to send them this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the reporter in the French article has an official hasn't that official statement from. Um, He's the one tweeting that official statement from uh, Accenture and saying this is the official statement. And then people underneath are like, is there an unofficial statement? Hang on, Kevin. So you would, and there's also another article here um, re- re- reminding us that Lockbit were recruiting insiders. So there's some like rampant speculation. Oh, rampant. <laughs> but you know what? If they're recruiting pen testers like Conti, I mean, maybe there's a few Accenture to choose from. I don't know. Um, but Ke- so. What do we know? That's the official word from Accenture, which sounds like everybody calm down, everything is fine. Lockbit, it's contained. Well, fact, Lockbit are not implying that. What are Lockbit saying? Well, we 
We don't really know. So Lockbit have saying they've got this data. They don't go into the they've details. They've got something, basically. They don't go into the yeah. details of what it is, but they've put a really short deadline on this. So normally we see people get uh, days uh, in order to pay up the ransomware to allow people to do that whole negotiation phase. Uh, they're coming really strongly at Accenture, and I think uh, today is the deadline. Like It was something like 24 hours was issued, so today uh, is when this stuff's going to be released. If they, haven't, if they haven't got something, then why would they... Why would they impose a why would they impose a deadline and why would they talk about what they found inside and all this? Because they might not have anything. Oh. They just well they're expecting a company like Accenture to just cough up. Maybe. Like it's it's hard. Like uh and we saw uh so EA games were compromised and they had all of their source code like they didn't pay and the ransomware operators leaked it. So we know that these uh, or, uh, organizations we know these uh, ransomware groups are in a well, position to organize get... i mean they are they are, they are organized <laughs> uh they do get data and if they don't pay they do release it because they know that if they don't then they no longer have viability in their model so for me either this is a last hurrah for conti and they're going to try and get something on their last outing or they actually have something okay let's take us well Let's unpack some of the some of the official statement because I think the language is interesting. Through our security controls and protocols, we identified irregular activity in one of our environments. We immediately contained the matter and isolated the affected servers. Now, this says to me they recognise some kind of suspicious, nefarious, unwelcome activity in some part of their network, right? Then they said, there was no impact on Accenture's operations or on our client systems. The words they haven't used are, no data was lost, breached, removed, exfiltrated. They haven't said that. They've said they saw something, they reacted to it, and they mitigated against that apparent threat. So that says to me that this is constructed to make us think like they've done something proactive when in fact they're still being completely reactive. Possibly. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree with all that. And um, it's, it is interesting. I'm just, um, I, I'm loving the kind of real time nature of this because I think there's a, um, the files are going to be published at 17.30 on the 11th of August, which is today. But we don't know what time zone. So if it's Russia, it might be a few, it might already be published or it might be in 20 well, minutes. Well, what's interesting it might is be live Kev, during Kev the podcast. has been trying to get back onto their site to see whether it's there or not for about the last two hours without success. So Yeah, so I'm trying a load of their known uh, tour addresses and all of them are timing out, um, which suggests they're under an incredible amount of load. Uh, so everybody's looking for the extended data to come up. People are saying Hudson Rock, I don't know who that is. They're saying they've got 2,500 compromised computers, essentially. That's, I mean, that, so that, that is this, that's it, not we identified this single source right? of content. I mean, they say environment, and that's kind of what I was getting at between like reading between the lines of the reading between the lines of the statement. That's kind of what I was getting at. Like the words, the individual words are so carefully selected. Like, I mean, the. Accenture are massive, and I know that they compartmentalize a lot. They've got a lot of different divisions. Um, so it is possible that a small division of Accenture, like under the Accenture brand, is what's being compromised here, not something uh, 
larger than that. So like the scope of what this is and what data it actually has is difficult to, to know. Yeah, at this point, we are obviously just rampantly speculating, but it clearly is an emerging thing. Yes. So as I said, listeners, we are either going to look like we were like right on the bleeding edge of an emerging story um, or we're going to get to get It won't week. make it into <laughs> the episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll just yeah. never talk about it ever again. You'll never hear it. Okay, shall we move on to the inevitable discussion that we, I sort of wanted <laughs> to avoid, but I don't think we're going to be able to. Now, for context, listeners... In preparation for podcast episodes, we have a working document where we kind of throw in stuff that we think is interesting and that we might like to talk about so we can do an element of research. And we look at that beforehand, or if we're Paul, we look at it during the recording, which is why there are big, <laughs> big moments of silence while he speed reads articles about cyber stuff. Or, or doesn't bother. Or doesn't bother reading. <laughs> um, and in this week's document, Kev has put these words, and I quote... Apple want to stop child exploitation images. Privacy nuts get upset. <laughs> Kev, it sounds to me like you might have, you have one side you of the might fence. hold a view on this story. So why don't we um, hear where you're coming from first? You have your little because I think it is a brewing rant. Yeah. So you have your little rant about it, and then um, and then we'll talk. We'll talk more. Uh, I mean, go. <laughs> trying not to get ranty. Yeah, trying not to get ranty. Um, so a few days ago, uh, Apple announced that they're going to be doing something on the device. So any images that appear on the device uh, that are transferred through social media or anything that's going to be uploaded to a service like iCloud uh, is going to be scanned. And it's going to be scanned specifically uh, looking for child exploitation images using uh, a known algorithm. I think the way that they define it is... Um, is child sexual abuse material that is how they that is the def that is the, the definition. definition yeah uh, and this this isn't something new so this isn't a brand new thing like this isn't the first time it's been used i think uh, microsoft really pioneered this like over a decade ago i think they call it photo dna uh and uh what they do is they uh, use uh, a custom algorithm to check images uh, and generate a unique hash for that image but that is generated in such a way that if you crop the image or if you like um like save it and save it again so it starts to lose its quality because of the way this uh, hash is generated which is more around pixel content than it is file content uh, that you can still notice something so if somebody crops an image it's still going to mash uh it's still going to match that hash or at least in part and this technology is applied is applied in different ways in lots of different bits of tech right i know that it gets used in web gateways and email gateways as as well not just explicitly um around child sexual abuse material but also around pornographic images and stuff like that so the technology is already being used in other places this specific application of this database that is maintained by the national center for missing and exploited children so there's a kind of almost like a third party if you like that are maintaining that um this is a quite a narrow use case for this right? yeah so uh, at the moment we rely on i say we um these departments rely on that data being uploaded to a cloud service or through a gateway that's controllable <coughs> and that's where they catch it hmm. um what this is doing what apple are doing is they're saying well, if you're sharing internally and not uploading to a cloud, we can't catch you. So let's put this on the device. 
And that way, if those um, child exploitation images appear on the device, regardless of whether it loaded to a cloud or not, Apple still can identify that and then report that to law enforcement and then bad people can uh, get locked up for it. There's some nuances here between what these features do, aren't there? There's like one feature that is basically scanning um, iMessage images that are sent or received by like child accounts that are used by children. Minor accounts, yeah. So you, yeah. yeah. So that's one thing. Um, and then that, that does some kind of notification where there's parental control. It basically notifies the parent that that thing has happened. So that's one... So that's a child sending child sexual abuse material which if a child sends nudes or those kinds of images of themselves or are um sent to them then that's one form of it they wouldn't be in the database right. necessarily yeah. so there is a sort of a protection um duty of care that apple or x um are taking there to protect children yeah. from sending or receiving those kind of uh, images and then well. the other thing is the scanning of all photos as they are uploaded into iCloud to see if they match a photo in that database. Yes. And is there any suggestion that anything will happen if that's the case, or is it just being used as a way to gather I assume, uh, data? It, I assume I mean, it does say yeah, that something must happen. You know, that they, they, they're not just going to turn this on and then go, oh, well, yeah, we know where they all are. I mean, th those, those procedures already exist, because like I said, if you... up. If you upload something right now to one of these clouds, you're going to trigger those rules anyway. Mm. So however they respond to that now, it's going to be the same response. Uh, they'll just be able to say, this is the device it sits on. Now, I think where the privacy nuts um, are getting upset... <laughs> wow. I'm uh, rolling my sleeves. I've is, done some research, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is because in order for it to do that parental control element... Uh, then Apple have to check the devices that are sent over iMessage. Now that, as far as I can tell, is going to have to break that end-to-end -end encryption in some way. Now, these are Apple devices, so that end-to-end -end encryption still has to store that image somewhere, so they don't have to break end-to-end -end encryption. Yeah, it's not breaking it, right, because you're on the device. So the 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 encryption has worked because the message has got there. It's just you're on the actual device, so you're like, well, it's, it's not breaking the encryption. You're just reading it at the end point. Yeah, so like it's well, after it's decrypted. You know. But if it, yeah, but if it's client side scanning, yeah, so you it, scan it. It's a bit like having a um, it's antivirus. It's no different to antivirus or, or, or malware on your phone. We'll just see everything. It doesn't matter if you use WhatsApp. Just, you can still view your own messages, and it's the same. That yeah, I suppose scan. though, when you look for perfect forward secrecy when you're sending messages, you're assuming that only the human yeah. that you like you're going yeah. to like. Of course, you're assuming that as the user. That well, is what I, you assume. I, but it's not true. Like, are you? Do, do you not think if you're using an Apple device or anything else that Apple or Google or whoever uh, can have control over what you put on your phone? Well, well, here's the thing, right? So if I'm an Apple user i've probably subscribed Not, nobody buys an apple device for this frankly let's face it but that apple like to think people like it for the perfect privacy so apple are like all about privacy google i totally accept they read my emails but they do that to give me adverts but mm. i kind of subscribe to that whole model if i'm a google user if i'm an apple user i'm subscribed to perfect forward um secrecy or privacy and so therefore i'd assume my apple device isn't reading my own messages Oh, but you can't assume that because you can log oh, no, into the, no. you can log you can log into you can log into the the Apple Cloud and read your iMessages messages there, which was sent not to my device. No, I didn't say anything about my device. <laughs> I just said me. Yeah, 
Like, so I'm saying that there's a Apple are trying to sell me into this whole world, and they do adverts about it. They're pretty cute as well. Like we don't sell your data. We're all about privacy. Yeah. La 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 la. And um and it's great because only I ever read my messages. And I could understand uh, apart from these ones. <laughs> I could oh, well no because I could understand being upset if Apple was uploading that data into the cloud to process it in the cloud and make a deterministic uh, decision there. They're not. This is all on device. So your data has not left your device. Your data never leaves your device. A snippet of information about the data on your device goes to Apple to say, we think this has some... Uh, Hang on, how's it working then? So somebody sends me some child sexual abuse material. Yep. Right, I get it on my device. Yep. The thing on my device hashes it. Yep. It's not got a database on the device, so it's sending the hash. Yep. To the national uh, database of all these images. Yep. And then, you know, it's what are going to come through my bedroom window yeah. or whatever. Hopefully. Okay. So that is sending data off my device. Uh, it is sending data, but it's not sending the image. You like you, It's 100% impossible uh, to get the picture back from the hash. Well, yeah, but, that's but, true. But Apple's, uh, Apple's yeah. constantly sending data to and from your device. Yeah, I'm kind of cool with that. Yeah, like, it's updating and, I you know. I am, before somebody gets on the bandwagon that I know they want to get on. Because this is obviously classic what about the childrenism. Like any view now espoused we, we do, do this any a lot. view now espoused <laughs> that says, for example, widening the narrowness of this backdoor is just a question of changing tweaking a configuration or changing the way the Chris, machine it's learning not a back door. what about the children it's not a back door it's not a back door well, it's like, not a back door <laughs> but, but you, you're missing your act you, because because, <laughs> because of your focus on that you're missing the point that i'm making which is a, which is the decision to make tweaks to how that is configured in order to do what it does is completely possible. Now, I'm not being a privacy nut about it. No, and I'm you're, not you're saying, saying it's the thin and end. And I'm not saying, well, I'm, I'm saying potentially it's the thin end. I'm trying to be measured in my approach because I understand that what it's doing is the right thing to do. I think the risk, of course, is, as we always say when we have these conversations, the risk, of course, is the abuse of it for those people who are leading, you know, free, normal lives. And I could get with you 100% if they were sending that data up to the cloud for processing. They're not. They send none of the data about that. They just send the hash, the metadata, which you cannot recover the text from. You can't infer what the thing was. You just know that, hey, this thing matched this thing. Okay, it's I got a, a true question. or false. I got a question then, right? So what we've basically got is a pretty simple, this is pretty simple, right? I get some stuff, image, text data something on my phone I scan it um with my hashing algorithm I send the hashing algorithm it's just simple pattern matching to a database that says good or bad pro or con right so i can i can hash anything and i can send it to any database so now this is great so now if a, a bad terrorist let's take the kids out of this but bad terrorist sends a picture of like look at my timer that i'm going to use on my my suicide vest <laughs> or whatever I can scan that image and check that against the suicide image database, uh, vet suicide vest database images, can I? In I theory. Mean, yep. If somebody theory. created that data set. Oh, so, so a good example would be 
you live in an under authoritarian regime. There's a load of really popular satirical images that get widely hey, shared. I was setting him up that for this. Chris. Criticize, I was that criticise that authoritarian regime. This could be used to detect those images and identify who the people are with those images on their devices. Only if Apple decide they want to do that. Owners, we've already determined. Uh, or. Like, nobody else can control this. Or, nobody else can decide what database it is. Or Apple, Apple have made to do it. Yeah. The, the, that authority and that yeah, but, regime. But, but we that, know we, that Apple don't comply to this. We can count, we, can, we can see Apple are very, very vocal about China? not complying with this. Did they pull out of China? Did Google pull out of Australia when they had to go and pay for the <laughs> adverts? Yes. Yeah. But they, what... They will, they will do mm. what they're asked they to do. They will do what they're asked to do. It doesn't seem quite so thin end of the wedgie now. Like, I understand you... No, but my... my, my like, China can do that. i China... the EFF in my life. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. We're arguing with Paul about, about someone looking at phones. <laughs> you know. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but surely those regimes can do that anyway. How? So they use as devices through lots of other means than getting into Apple and having an argument. Well, back uh, at NSO group, you mean, like, putting Pegasus oh, yeah, and, 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 and whatever, anything. Like they, they really want like China, as we know, has all the... Hang on, you were saying two weeks ago they weren't doing that. I'm just... Yeah, <laughs> I'm just playing whatever the opposite end of the argument is. <laughs> but sure, China have all the keys, right, to all the encryption, so they can do whatever they want anyway. There is no end-to-end encryption in China. So, what? so they can. What? That's, that, that's part of that's part of part operation of... within China. They 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 well, won't the let privacy you... nuts. Something that maybe they are, and I've never really looked at the privacy nuts <laughs> angle of anything before. <laughs> Should we apologise to all privacy nuts right now? Did you know? No, it was no, only <laughs> one person that called them. I never. And Kev's like, should we? Should we collectively? Should we apologise? Yeah, it, obviously, thin end of thin ed, end of the wedge is is the the worry. But I think you know we talk about this, or I talk about this, especially. I'll bring the dark web into everything, don't I? But um, <laughs> but the dark web was set up by privacy nuts mm. to to make sure that people could be private. Now. There is a lot of child exploitation going on, or child exploitation images going on in the dark web as well, in in a, in a similar and, and kind of flip side to it. Um, so it, yeah, I think the the idea that someone will make Apple do something compared to an authoritarian regime that will just do it to their users, Apple uh, devices through other means seems yeah. a bit. The, the headline, the headline from privacy advocates is at the end of the day. However, Apple tries to frame it, you can't continue to call it secure messaging if the end to end bit is being removed. The end to end bit hasn't been removed. Like, if I install spyware on your device, which is a standalone application, nothing to do with Apple, I can read every message you send on more than just iCloud. I can read it from your WhatsApp, from your Facebook. I can see the phone calls, track your GPS. I've got more access from that rogue application than Apple have just put on there uh, with their legitimate tool. It's not breaking end-to-end encryption. Right. Uh, they're reading it's kind of hard to get spyware onto an end device, though, isn't it? I mean, you do have to put some effort in. Harder. But what's, so WhatsApp also has metadata, right? So they do have, end, say WhatsApp has end-to-end encryption, they still collect metadata about users. Mm. So it's in the same way, if, if we call these hashes that metadata, then all these other companies are still sending metadata back and forth. They know who's talking to who. And they just don't know what the, the messages are. It is amazing how these conversations always end up coming back to how language is used 
you know, in this context, you might argue it's Apple's marketing, is how language is used in the context of describing technology. Because people, to Paul's point, people make an association with a particular ecosystem or with a particular brand. And that, and in a way, like the brand we should make the brand responsible for making sure that people understand what is happening with it's not breaking the, content encryption. Yeah. And Apple it's did. Just, Apple, released it's a load, on the phone. Apple released a load of material to explain exactly how they're doing it, exactly why they're doing it, the implications it will have, what it means. They were very open and transparent in a very Apple way. We should also, of course, say that like any technology... This is not bulletproof reliable. Like this is not a like there is not a guarantee that because this triggers on a phone that that a person definitely has a child sexual abuse image. That is not a guarantee. Well, yes. well if you so, think about the iMessage part of this, so we're all focusing on the CSAM um, side of it, which is you know kind of important. It's probably a bit easier to conceive. Like you hash a, an image that's a known image of abuse. You know that that image, the hash, directly matches. So you've got a pretty like confident uh, sense that there's an image that should be blocked or should be reported to authorities or whatever happens next on the phone. The more vague area comes from the um, protecting minors from getting images that could be sexual in nature. And, um, of course, how on earth are they doing that? Well, they must be doing some sort of image um, scanner. And in a past life, uh, this is actually quite a, a nice technical problem because, of course, the Internet's mostly images of naked people <laughs> <laughs> your internet hang on are you sure that that's a fact have you fact sure checked fact. Have you fact I'm sure check it's a fact that? I mean if you look at Max's browse history it definitely is a fact <laughs> and anyone using the internet before 2005 it's just just as that that's all it was nothing interesting on so if you want to get, as the famous want, Avenue Q song tells us yeah. yeah if you want to cut out the noise and get to the signal on the internet you really want to get rid of all that flesh um, from your internet, <laughs> so, wow. do, so doing flesh detection is oh my actually gosh. a pretty hard computer science problem, like and it's one like that there was this. a lot of people volunteer. No, we never <laughs> that, did it. That it's what, super hard. Is that but, what you tell your wife? <laughs> I'm just doing flesh, flesh detection. detection is so I'm just, hard. Just, just be upset. <laughs> So can you imagine? No wonder Apple are so keen to launch this. They've had a whole army of geeky boys <laughs> doing flesh Fa detection well, Let's also not forget that Facebook can't even get this right with words because Devil's Dyke <laughs> has been blocked. Poor old Plymouth Ho, they got blocked off Facebook. So it's hard enough to do yeah. it with words, let alone try to do it with images. I just thought that was a thing worth pointing well, out. So I think all the kids are sending each other pictures of peaches and um, beige. Look at my lovely new beige carpet. They're not going to be able to get through to their friends, are they? It's not fair. Well, it's link, linked to that point. I don't know if any... So we're on all on WhatsApp groups and some of those WhatsApp groups, depending on who is in it, you're, you're, it's up to whoever is on that WhatsApp group to send whatever messages and and occasionally there's you know risque uh, photos my hairdresser and, does this yeah so it sends you <laughs> not even joking and unsolicited pictures and videos that you might not mm, think is appropriate and then they exist and, locally on your device yeah don't so they? so that what happens there if someone does send uh for, you know um exploitation images well, to, know, tell to us other people what happens legally max Le what's the legal well the intent is obviously oh is that part that, of the legal definition if you viewed it at all then you are no, committing an offence. 
not so, not what, so actually, if so it's on actually, your device, the better thing for Apple to be doing would be doing what Instagram does and uh, and saying on in the iMessage, there's the potential that this could be a thing that you yeah. don't want to look at. Um, and, why don't you delete it? Blur it all out. Yeah, and blur yeah. it. But then they would need to know, wouldn't they? Then they would need to break I mean, break, that break into yeah. encryption. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and for the record, Kev calls them privacy notes. Apple refer to them as the screeching voices of the minority. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. Wow. So, that, can you clear. can you attribute that quote? Yeah, so no. That... This is from the, an internal Apple memo dismissing. Wow. Yeah, okay. Did you not see this? This oh, is no. the thing. I think this is the. Um, so we've all been like, it's been quite fun, like sort of attacking Kev on this. But fundamentally, <laughs> I think we're probably more sort of on the same page. But it's more fun, at least for me, to play a different role. But <laughs> the interesting thing is that the thing. Infosec Twitter is a horrible place. Don't don't look at like um, the pe- the peg gate for um. Black Hat last week. But the um, um, Apple did an, a memo because everybody's been you know I guess it's probably for the marketing team or whatever. And and the sentence in this memo is, I know it's been a long day and that many of you probably haven't slept in twenty four hours. Right. We know that the days to come will be filled with the screeching voices of the minority. And it goes on to say, our voices will be louder. Our commitment to lift up kids who have lived through the most unimaginable abuse and victimizations will be stronger. Translated as, will somebody please think of the children? Yeah. So, but that's exactly. what this technology was designed to do. It's only no, purpose no, in life for the dis- last we're not, we're, decade. We're not disagreeing. Right. We're not disagreeing. Right. We're not disagreeing. The screeching <laughs> voices of the minority. <laughs> we're not disagreeing. Stop screeching, Kev. You're screeching at me to trigger me. It's... <laughs> I'm not. I'm just reading. I'm just reading a memo. Um, I, I, on la- lastly on that, if, if we are, are going to move, I, I mean, it would be fascinating because this will have to come out in court because if any of these people are arrested and now... Turning this on, if it works, I would expect there to be millions. That's its true, millions. T- that's its true uh, test. Surely. Well, yeah, there should be, and I, I know I've done the research. There are a horrible amount of child abusers out there, and and they will be using their phones and and everything else. So when they turn this on, there should be a deluge of um, what if they are going to get police involved of of um, convictions and everything else. So uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I guess the one thing we could talk about then is if it's not a back door, why is it that the EFF who not who like all right, you might not you might not agree with them, but they're not they're not idiots I, I generally. Do they're agree not with idiots the generally. They are calling it they are calling it a back door. So so how what have they misunderstood? What a back door means. Well you think that well so again, back to the same thing again. Lack of Lack of clear language about what backdoor does suggest stuff is. that someone else like, puts it on the, the when, when we talk when we talk about a backdoor into a system, it's a way for people to come in without your consent and manipulate the data that's in there, like to make changes, to infect malware, to run code execution, to to do all that kind of stuff. That's what a backdoor really, is. But they're really explicit about it. Like, I, th- I, will, I will quote the article for the first time in this discussion, and this is the EFF here. Apple can explain at length how its technical implementation will preserve privacy and security in its proposed backdoor, but at the end of the day, even a thoroughly documented, carefully thought out and narrowly scoped backdoor is still a backdoor. It's not a backdoor. But they've used the word backdoor in that article about 25 times. I would argue. Because they want to drive that home because that's FUD. That's fair uncertainty and doubt. This is what you wanted. (laughs) They're using deliberately salacious terminology to drive their point home. Isn't it just a front door? (laughs) (laughs) 
isn't that worse? <laughs> yeah, well, it may, it may be worse, but, but, but <laughs> surely a backdoor is by someone, a doggy door. someone that doesn't own the device, but it's a backdoor. And I don't have Windows backdoors. They're just, it's a Windows device. I think this, it's, it's front door. They always <laughs> like this, don't they? Whenever you break end to end encryption, if you give the governments the keys, they go, it's, it's a backdoor. Back but it's not really a backdoor. It's a front door with the keys. Yeah. It's like yeah. a backdoor would be like a different entrance. Without with a different I mean, if anything, yeah. that's an edit. If anything, that's an editorial narrative that they've missed because if you if you described it that way, it's not, it's not even a back it's door. A it's door. even worse. It's, it's worse. a front door with keys. I'm like, okay, yeah, that is worse. Well, that's the problem, though. That back door, you suddenly think but someone else is doing it to your device. The thing is, if you were to go down the doors analogy, which may not be the right one to do, what Kev would argue, and I think he's exploded, so we're not, he's not able to talk anymore. I think what Kev would argue is no, nothing's going in and out of the sodding house. Like The door's, the door's locked and nobody can get in and out. The, the keys are with Someone's me. just coming in, having a look, and going back. No, not doing it. <laughs> Somebody's walking up to your house, they're looking in the window going, oh, that picture looks a bit dodgy. Let me tell somebody, hey, that picture's dodgy. That's all they're bloody doing. Right, okay. He's gone to northern. He's gone full. He's gone full. He's gone full Yorkshire. But I think he's he's gone so mad. Like, what did do the it? What? <laughs> back door. <laughs> Top back door. Get me with it. Um, they're not even looking at the actual picture, there, Kev. Are they? They're looking at no. The <laughs> data <laughs> streams. They're making a random. <laughs> Kev got so angry, he forgot about technicals. Anyway, on that. Well done, Chris. On that screechy bombshell, we must bring things to a close. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your audio content. And if you want to know more about Immersive Labs, you can find us at immersivelabs.com or follow us on Twitter at Immersive Labs. Until next time, from all of us, goodbye. Goodbye. Don't forget to close the back door. <laughs> <laughs>